No, no. Tie Father 3 is where it, just, where it gets going. I heard it's the worst one, actually. Spelljammer just came out, so we could do Tieflings in Space, just like fucking uh, The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Yeah, the the fucking uncle that that solved the box and then went to hell, clawing his way back out of hell. Uncle Rico? Uncle Rico? Uncle Rico is, is not. Is that Uncle Rico? No. <laughs> does not throw a football over the mountain. It'd be a lot better movie if it was. I hope our guest isn't from Iowa, because I'm about to talk bad about Iowa. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast the dungeons and dragons fifth edition actual play podcast that is so so over the ogl drama look we just can't be bothered to comment on it and no this doesn't count okay it kind of counts my name's turner i'll be your dungeon master for as long as that name is legally viable for me to use turner that is not dungeon master i have to change it up every couple of years no reason so quick top of the show announcements, just to let everybody know, the plan is to get back to our regular publishing schedule and format on February 1st. Really going to continue to focus on getting as many episodes out as we can in January and just those campaign episodes to get as close to the end of Baba's arc as we can at the start of the year so we can launch our next arc for season three early to mid-February. Why the rush, you might ask? Because we've got a new cast member and we're really excited for you to meet her. So, hey, if you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Believe me, we appreciate it. And according to the numbers, there are a few more of you there. And returning listeners, welcome back. We can always rely on you. And I want you to remember that, that we're relying on you. So if you think about not listening for one week, you really should consider the impact that it'll have on Todd and Harlan's fragile self-esteem. Won't somebody think of the Todds? And of course, a special thank you to our patrons whose donations to the show Help us provide you bigger and better content. Head over to patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast to check out what they get for supporting the show. Check us out Monday nights on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash GMDLcast. We don't do live actual plays. It's more variety content like community interviews. We just had Ron Ogden on or creative content like the parties of five where we do NPC creation. It's a fun mix of stuff. That's Mondays, 730 Central Standard Time, twitch.tv forward slash GMDLcast. Of course, give me the loot. It's stream, it's podcast, and any associated content are not family friendly due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, gore, and questionable business attire. And look, I know we've been quiet on the PSA front over the last couple of weeks as we've moved through the holidays and started into the new year. But we are still reserving this space when we get back to our regular format to talk about some of the causes within the community and charities that use TTRPGs to benefit the community around them. So watch this space because our goal this year is to highlight how you can get involved and how you can make a difference because there's still a lot of work to do. And I can't think of any group of people I'd rather do it with. Well, I can, but most of them have at least one restraining order out. So take what you can get. On that note, let's start the show. And we are back with the party of five. It's your boy Harlan. I play Todd the Tiefling. 
T to the O double D. The best to ever do it. And I'm just going to say that now. I've been trying to get the best to ever do it in there. I'm also your MVT. Also, your favorite bounty hunter's favorite bounty hunter. And that's about it. That's it. I wanted the best to ever do it. I want the Breath of Hitman heart reference, but I couldn't figure it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is Andrew. I play Moyle Mossberg. Keep on rolling coal, Mossberg Petroleum. Oh, boy. I'm Jamie. I play Eldrin Thaneros. And did you know that the male wolf spider uses vibrations to attract a mate? And to humans, it sounds like the spider is making a soft purring sound. That's that's terrifying. So spider twerking. I don't. Spider twerking? Spider twerking is what you should say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was gonna say spider basing, like he's fucking cruising around the neighborhood, going boom, 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 get in it, bitches. This is Jazz, and I play Fate, the wizard so smart and fearful that he turned into something too dumb to be afraid of anything. That's really complicated. Is it? <laughs> you know, it felt like you were reaching for a rhyme for a mm. second. I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to pull one out. And then, you know. Yeah, no. I just, I don't know. You guys just don't get it because it's so smart. <laughs> I don't know. It is. They just, it goes over their heads, clearly. It's because it's being delivered by a T-Rex. It's higher than them. Those are the kind of lessons they'll be teaching at Kanye's Christian Academy. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Anthony, who plays Baba Tunde. All right, gang. So where we left off during the confrontation with the mini bots at the direction of Jess Andrews, the Pentagoons thoroughly trashed the Mercantile Guild boardroom, triggering the mini goons to combine into a giant robot. Combat ensued. Multiple people turned into giant things <laughs> at the top of a multi-story level building and then jumped and crashed a bunch of shit around, causing the premature ejection Ooh. of the party from the boardroom falling down they all managed to survive including the giant robot at which point jas the head of the church of sozeb first among equals head of the mercantile guild levitated down with a squad of elite warforged assassins slash tanks slash wizards slash snipers it's a, it's a whole mess a whole mess of wait really special custom badass warforged <laughs> somebody say wait yeah I got, I got scared and it just kind of came out of my mouth the fate the fate took over for a second carry on this recap is freaking me out man <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where you take it <laughs> hold on <laughs> I can't handle this. Oh, my God. This story is scary. <laughs> so we start off in the plaza in front of the Mercantile Guild. You guys are kind of uh, arrayed around the, the cul-de-sac carpool limo lane out in front of the large entrance. The giant devastator slash Voltron of the little mini robots of you has crashed down to the ground behind you, perched on the roof of two small buildings across from you are the Flamingo Sniper Warforged. There are Jess and the two Armadillo Hulking Brute Warforged. The Serpentine, you know, at first they look almost like representations of... Sounds like we're about to get attacked by a bunch of Mega Man bosses. Like, I don't... Yeah, if, it is very, very Mega Man boss-esque. <laughs> 
they almost look like Warford representations of Yon T with heavy serpent features, but as they're floating down, their bodies extend a little bit, showing that they've got like a telescoping torso. Mm. Uh, and then these two feline, more feline and bestial than a Tabashi are climbing down the side of the building. So you guys are thoroughly surrounded, thoroughly outclassed, and you hear uh, Echo go up to Todd. Hey, uh, Todd, uh, I don't normally recommend this. Uh, and normally when you try to try to run, I frown on it, but uh, we should get the fuck out of here, Todd. We should run. We should go. Time to go, Todd. Let's go. <laughs> One step ahead of you, I have already, you didn't see the foot moving before you said that. <laughs> the feet have been moving since like, they landed. I'm, Todd's feet have just been spinning in the air like fucking Roadrunner style. Wait. He's got that shaggy, shaggy from Scooby-Doo the spin effect going. <laughs> just waiting to touch the ground. <laughs> Todd is very hurt. Moyle is a giant gorilla. Fate is a T-Rex. Bob and Eldrin doing okay-ish. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, Eldrin's not? What's Bob is, Bob is, is shaking his head. Uh. Oh, no. Bob is at 12 hit points. I'm okay. Oh, shit. Mm. Okay. <laughs> oh, mm. okay, okay. Then me and Bob is at the same. <laughs> you guys are not in good shape. <laughs> so the way that this next encounter is going to work, you can choose to stay and fight, nope. in which case it's been a pleasure doing business with you gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> we will wrap up this podcast, and I'm glad that we had a guest here to see the uh, the ultimate episode. The, the, yes. Or you can make a break for it. If you choose to make a break for it, there will be f- uh, a sequence of five ability checks as they take you through a course leaving the city. Uh, there's no point in going down to the port. Those boats are all controlled by the Mercantile Guild. You're not going to be able to get back onto one there. Your only choice is to head into the jungle towards the Verdant. The DCs will escalate. Mm. What ability, spell, or class ability you choose to use in that particular challenge is entirely up to you, and you'll get the opportunity to narrate how that works in that particular situation. But that cannot be repeated. So if you decide, hey, this first round, I'm going to use acrobatics to climb up the side of the building to get up on the rooftops, great. You cannot use acrobatics again in the next four checks. Um, If you decide to cast Misty Step one time, great. You cannot go back to the Misty Step well a second time. Oh boy. This is a meant to be kind of a a singular action parkour kind of uh, (laughs) run and gun. Um, It won't all be out in the streets. You guys will be weaving through some different environments, so you'll have some different opportunities to use different stuff. Any ability can be used. We'll just figure out a way. Say, hey, how can I use this to do it? And we may talk through it a little bit. We're going to do this in intro order, <laughs> okay? Um, just because that'll be the easiest way to kind of keep track of it. And Todd has already said he is bolting first. So Todd, out of the city would be to the northwest if you're kind of heading out in that, that direction. And it's very easy to see, like, the, like the, the city itself is on a little bit of a cape that protrudes out into the ocean. Like, it takes up this large, broad peninsula in the entirety of this uh, sprawling corporate megalopolis. There's a terminus where the city ends, and then a, a gap of open territory, and then this huge gorge that oversees this river, and there's three big bridges that go across that river before heading deeper into the jungle. One of the bridges leads to a winding way that weaves back for a portion. Baba, you you remember from when you came here, that winding way was there, but it only starts up a couple miles outside of the city. It doesn't go like deep into the verdant. They have been continuously frustrated by the druids in the area from really getting too deep in, into into that area. Um, but we'll, we'll deal with the jungle piece when you guys get to it. So starting off, Todd, your burst of speed, you're making a break for it. 
you take off down the street, what are you doing to get a jump on these guys? If you fail your checks, right? And inevitably some of you are, because these are starting off not at a five, <laughs> not, at, not at a 15 either, but they are starting off at a moderate difficulty and will get in more increasingly difficult at the end. If you fail, you could get disadvantage on your next check. You could cause one of your teammates to have disadvantage on their check. You could take damage from a pot shot from the snipers or a magic spell. Or depending upon how badly you fail, it could actually initiate a combat as one of the big beasts catch up with you. Mm. On that note, we are ready to begin. Todd, what's your first move? So I can just run, right? Like I, I'm trying to figure out what. Yeah, you can take off in a sprint. Um, are you? Yeah, you. You're just dashing. You're just running down the street. Uh, what's what's around me again? All right. So you guys are at the main corporate office of Bucky's. It's kind of the central, you know, kind of highest point in the city. It is on a little bit of a, a raised hill. Like, so you're up at that high point. The city slides down into the bay, um, but it's a much more gradual decline out towards the jungle. Where you're at right now, you are in the uh, kind of a corporate district. There are lower high rises, four and five story buildings of uh, made of glass and metal, you know, a large number of bars that are positioned to service the Yanti corporate officers as they come out of the different buildings. It's not as touristy yet. You're not in the tourist section. It's more like a rather large office park. To the northwest, heading out towards the city, you can kind of see a little bit of an area where it goes through almost like an industrial storage area. Like that's where it's a little bit less populated. It seems like there's a little bit more cover. There's some bigger warehouses there that you might be able to slip through. And then it goes through a little bit of a touristy area before finally kind of getting towards the, the edge of the jungle. To the east, it is more corporate offices. There's a little bit more of a hubbub and activity there. All right. Is there any like uh, vehicles that I can get around, like uh, maybe bike in the area that I can take get quick to make a quick getaway? Is there, is there anything? All right. So you want you want to you want to steal a bike from a local kid? Um, yeah. Give me just a quick. Uh, we'll do a contested slide of hand. Contested athletics check. Wait, I don't want to use athletics now. You don't want to use athletics now. So you want to try and use slide of hand. So you want to steal the keys from a tourist moped? Oh, let's wait. Can I? Can I? Can I persuade him to give it to me? So you see a a man wearing a like a yellow cap with a duck bill coming down off the front of it. This guy is a total fucking ducky fanatic, right? Like he is clearly this is his mecca. Mm -hmm. He has come here. He has spent several years saving up to come to the corporate office. He got a duckies backpack. Got a little hanging. Uh, some of the minor characters from past Ducky's cartoons and marketing efforts that aren't as popular. That beaver, that hornet that we mentioned from Canada, a couple others. And so, yeah, you can run up to that guy. Oh, Bob. Oh, hey there. Uh, can I help you? Hey, man, it's, uh, it's it's me. I know you've seen me. I know I'm a fan. It's, uh, it's, it's Todd. And I'm here just with a couple of my guys. And oh, we just you, got, got a little trouble. You're not the real Todd the Tiefling. You're, you've got to be one of these impersonators. You're, you can't be the real Todd. In the flesh, sir. Oh, I... In the flesh. I don't know. Say something only Todd the Tiefling would say. Uh... Uh, you gotta kick it before you, you gotta kick it before you pick it. Oh yeah, that was, uh, that's kind of, kind of weak there, bud, but go ahead and give me the persuasion roll. <laughs> I was going to show him my look at them, look at me medallion to actually. No, you can use your look at me medallion to give yourself advantage on this roll. You bet. 20. Ooh, not in that 20. He goes, oh, oh my gosh, it's you. You're the real Todd. Holy cow. The guys, can I get a selfie with you, bud? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Always for a fan. But can I can I can I borrow this this bike after the selfie? Well, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's it's one of those uh, Emil scooters. Um, really more than a bike. But yeah, you can totally totally use my Emil scooter. Emil like lying backwards. Yeah. <laughs> this guy will let you take over his Emil uh, Emil scooter rental. All right. Does it, does it what does it do anything to my movement speed? Does it increase it? Oh, you know what, Todd? You totally beat the encounter. We're not going to do any more rolls. <laughs> no, I just want to know. Yeah, what no, it, it lets you pass this portion of the encounter. Good job. I figured that. Yeah, sure. It'll keep them from taking a shot at you as you kind of weave around unsteadily yeah, no. on the scooter, trying to get control over it. <laughs> Mother one was move serpentine movements. Take my movement speed, but do make sure S pattern. That was my other one. The flamingo mech snipers just feel sorry for you and don't take a shot, and the wizards can't get a lock on because you're bobbing and weaving. <laughs> so yeah, you're able to zip towards the warehouse district on that scooter. Moyle, what is your move, sir? Uh, well, let's see. I'm very ape-like. Some would say giant, giant. What's your movement as the ape? Uh, my movement is 40, plus I got 40 climb. So that's 80. Well, no, you've got 40 or 40. <laughs> I was like, that's how it works. I thought it was like bipedal 40, quadrupedal, another 40. Mm, mm. Uh, nope. <laughs> All right. So you got a movement speed of 40 then, or you got a climbing speed of 40. You can mix those two. So you can like climb up 20 and run 20. They're not additive. So you can't, you can't run 40 and then climb 40. No, it's either or. Oh, who's, uh, who's in front of me? Like, or who's, who's close, who's close to me? Really nobody right now. Nobody. Okay. I will dash. So you're, you're just running. You're not doing any additional moves or anything like that. Can I jump? <laughs> I mean, but I would still go the same distance. Is that right? Like, it Yeah, you'd still go the same distance. But yeah, if you'd want to do like an acrobatic check to do some like Donkey Kong loops and stuff to see if that would prevent them from taking a shot at you. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If you guys just run, you'll get the distance. But since you're not doing a check, that automatically means I'm going to get to take a shot at you or do something as the enemies. So. The whole point of the checks isn't so much to impact your movement speed, it's to prevent them from taking sniper shots at you or prevent them from tackling you, shooting you with net guns or freeze rays or curses or all you know, all kinds of stuff. Oh, okay. I see. Bouncing between uh, buildings. Can I do that? Yeah. Give me an acrobatics check. Will a 10 work? Just passes this first one. Okay. You, uh, you're bouncing from building to building, but from holding a lubed up Todd. So it's not as as graceful or as evasive as you think it might be, but they still aren't able to get a lock on you uh, and you follow Todd deeper into the city. Uh, that brings us to Eldrin. What do you got? Can I do like uh, like a wall run, like Titanfall style wall run and like kind of leap off the wall and then go on the other side and, and continue doing that to kind of evade their shots? So a more graceful version of what uh, Andrew just did. Yes, give me an acrobatics check. Oh, what? No, you're copying his move. It's cool. <laughs> Listen, if no, no, no. I said a wall run, not a not a monkey jump. That's right. Acrobatics, acrobatics. But whatever. But we could do we could do something different. That's fine. That's fine. And Andrew inspired. No, no. Andrew inspired you. I had mine before he even finished his. <laughs> It just means you both can't do your acrobatics again. That's fine. You should do it. Make it go. Okay. Jesus Christ. Roll the dice. I'll all order the same thing off the menu, too. <laughs> 15. 15 passes. All right. So, Eldrin, Eldrin, you are able to scamper up onto the walls, denim cloak billowing in the breeze as you twist around, leaping from sill to sill, bouncing off awnings like an early Sam Raimi Spider-Man. <laughs> all right. That brings us to fate. 
T-Rex fate, what you got? I have never felt such power. I am just bull trampling straight through whatever blockade they've got in front of me. But there's not a blockade. There's an open street. <laughs> oh, well, then, then I'm just stomping down the street as fast as I can, athletically. Athletically. <laughs> Yeah. Just running, not doing any kind of evasive maneuvers or. Uh, let's see. Is there, are there, are there, are there carts on the street that I can knock over with my tail? Uh, yeah. Then I'm doing that. So what are you, what are you using to do that? Uh, strength. Just a flat strength check? Uh, we can do athletics. All right, let's do athletics. All right. What's the athletics of a T-Rex? The- mm, that's a good roll. That's 22. T-Rex fate goes trundling into the distance, causing a lot of property damage for local small business owners not affiliated with the Mercantile Guild. Wait. <laughs> uh, luckily, they're insured by the Mercantile Guild. Okay. But this will likely push them further into crushing debt. Oh, Fate sweeps a bunch of carts of uh, oranges into the street. A couple of guys carrying a sheet of plate glass come and step on them and slip and fall, creating additional, more difficult terrain. Is there a cabbage vendor? Uh, there is a cabbage vendor, and you do send them fly. He's got to scream about his cabbages. <laughs> My cabbages! Is that what you said? That is it. <laughs> Baba, what you got? Uh, so Baba's going to kind of run straight down the street, but he's going to be like dodging in between the T-Rex's legs and kind of the chaos and like weaving in and out of stuff to kind of keep out of the sniper's view. All right, so what, are we, what, are, what skill are you using? Acrobatics. All right, give me your acrobatics check. 23. That'll do it. You uh, you weave around fucking fate T-Rex legs and tail and uh, are able to use effectively. For, for once, fate actually gets used as cover <laughs> as you guys dive down into the, to the warehouse district. You guys hear the sounds of pursuit begin to be organized. The flamingo guys aren't really big flyers. They climb up to the rooftops and start pursuing you from the rooftops. The big trundling guys are kind of slow. They don't want to get separated out. They know exactly how dangerous you are, but they begin pursuit and you hear kind of the big giant robot trundling along. Tomo Alfaba is not going back to his requisite parts. You guys head deeper into the warehouse district and actually get to a point where you're kind of surrounded by all sides on these tall industrial buildings and you start to get a little bit lost and things start to get a little bit dark and Todd, the battery power on your Emil scooter runs out and give me a, a quick dexterity saving throw to not, to not bust your ass. Damn it. <laughs> like the poor dude I saw at the section of, intersection of Lamar and Martin Springs that one time when his scooter power ran out. <laughs> Oh, it happens all the time. It happens all the time on those scooters. Oh, it just comes just a dead stop. The wheels don't just keep rolling like it's in neutral. 19. Some of them do. This one did not. This guy, Looney Tunes, <laughs> 90 degrees pivot face plant in the middle of the intersection of Barton Springs and Lamar. Oh, no. And then had to get up, look ashamed in front of in rush hour, like eight cars on both sides, and then pick up the scooter and sheepishly walk to the other side. <sighs> I was like, I'm never getting on one of those fucking things. Jesus Christ. That is terrible. <laughs> Emil Scooters. No, I, I told my wife I don't want to get on one of those. They start doing the wobbly leg and then they, uh. <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you get, Harlan? I got a 19. You are able to hop off. The handle just grazes the devil fruit. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> a worse roll and you totally would have nutted yourself, but uh, just a slight graze of the old devil fruit. <laughs> so you guys are now deep into the dare- warehouse district. Looking a little bit lost. Baba and Todd, give me uh, survival checks. Baba, because you're from the area, you're somewhat a little bit familiar, but you, I mean, you guys are a little bit lost at this point. You've gotten good, turned around a little bit, have kind of wound down into this. It's These are all very uniform gray warehouses. It's hard to tell which street you went up one moment from the last. You said both of us? Yeah. Baba, because Baba, he's familiar with the area, Todd, as his being an urban bounty hunter, 
This is the, the kind of place he might have tracked his prey before. I, w- I got a seven. And I got a four. <laughs> you guys are pretty hopelessly lost at this point. <laughs> Baba, you know, you turn uh, one corner and again, it's just these, it's like, you know, imagine you're in the, the, the warehouse from uh, the end of Indiana Jones and the, the Lost Ark and there's all these rows of fucking crates, but those are actually <laughs> buildings that you guys are now mixed into just uh, row after row of the same squat square warehouse building. There's not even the same level of warforged activity, which does strike you guys a little bit odd, but you are twisting in kind of lost, at which point a voice that tickles the back of your mind comes out of the shadows from the corner of one of those warehouses. And you are taken back a little bit at first, Baba. It feels like it's been decades. It actually hasn't been that long since you've seen Zuide. You guys, you know, came up together. He was always a little bit younger than you, definitely a little bit smaller than you. You want to give us a uh, a description of of Zuide, Wendell? Zuide, so he's got a cloak. He's got a cloak on. You know, thrown over, more or less thrown over his shoulders. You can see that he's black furred with silvery white striping, uh, like a tiger. But the left side of his face appears to have been badly maimed. There's no fur on the left side of his face. It's just all kind of dull pink skin. In addition, he has no left eye. In its place is some sort of constructed eye, some sort of mechanical eye uh, that glows a faint yellow. In addition to that, as he speaks and gestures, his left arm is also is different than his right arm. His right arm is furred, ends in claws like any Tabashi, but his left arm it appears to be made of some sort of metallic alloy with uh, silverish chrome joints uh, between the elbows, the wrists, the knuckles of the hand. And as you look him up and down, you notice that his left foot going up into his left leg is very similar to the arm, which Baba would not. Baba would remember him having a full set of limbs uh, when last he saw him. These are definitely new additions, Baba. Zuide was, you know, thinking back to your youth, was that younger brother that you never really had. The Tabashi send their kids to summer camp, effectively, to learn the martial skills together. Because even though the separate clans maintain their own individual militias, they train together as youths so that should there ever be a need for an Oba to bring them together, it's not the first time that they've encountered the concept of fighting as a force. There's a shared martial language that goes back to the roots of whatever fighting style they pursue. Whether they go the barbarian route, the fighter route, the physical adept route. There, there is a shared basis for their combat tactics, which serves Obas in the need of common threat. Day was, was always kind of a smaller and scrawnier kid, and your friendship was struck up when he managed to get in a little bit of a lucky blow one time, Baba, and kind of knock you on your ass. A lot of the other older Tabashi wanted you to show this little upstart what for, but Baba comes from a very honorable house and has got a very honorable background. And so you kind of took the kid under your wing for a good number of years until you eventually uh, eventually parted when you left on your pilgrimage. So, so sweetie, you've got, yeah, you, you're able to steer these guys back on the right path. Unfortunately, this extra time loss has let your pursuers catch up a little bit. So at this point, it's time to make another roll. Zuide, you're in the lead. You pop the lock on this one warehouse and lead the guys uh, into this. There's enough light coming in through the windows that are arrayed at the top of the warehouse that it streams in, catching the motes of dust that are present in every single warehouse that I've ever been in. 
is none of you guys really have ever been in a building like this. It's it, like if you imagine the behind the scenes of the baggage carrier in movies or crazy cartoon conveyor belt kind of thing, you can see just these conveyor belts weaving back and forth, almost creating this maze of waste level conveyors that are currently dead right now. The, the, the warehouse is dark for the most part. But these conveyor belts kind of weave and create these these hurdles from one end of the warehouse to the next. And Zwede, you know, getting to the other side is is imperative for you guys to move through. So Zwede, we'll just tack you on since we do this in experience order after Baba. You guys head off deeper into the warehouse at Zwede's instructions. Harland, how is Todd making his way past these conveyor belts? He looks over to the left and his right and he's looking for something and he sees it. A box, a cardboard box. He is going, uh, he's going to try to hide under the cardboard box and creep through the, the, the warehouse in this box stealthily. <laughs> Give me the stealth roll. <laughs> Are there people here other than us? 22. 22. Okay. <laughs> you see one of the snake warforged crawl up and are attached to the side of the building. They seem to like have extended their body down from the roof and are peering through the window. And at your hip, Echo goes, Todd, Todd, snake, snake, snake. (laughs) (laughs) So you pull yourself into the cardboard box and then your way across. Moyle, giant monkey Moyle is in this big conveyor belt uh, room. Uh, what is your move to get over these hurdles over to the other side in a rapid fashion? I want to do an insight check and to see what is the best strategy to move about there. Okay. Will an eight work? Yeah, then that one. A plus seven, you had a one? You think it would be a really good idea to follow each conveyor belt <laughs> along its natural path instead of going in a straight line. So the, that is going to give... The snake guy who is hanging down from the window, time to spot you. I shouldn't have used the stealth so fast, but I just, I was in a warehouse. I saw Got to do with the boxes, man. <laughs> Got to do with the boxes. That's a good one. What is. So, so you're saying you, you're saying you prematurely stealthy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> I'm just checking. You should hold it out. Shall though. What's your armor class as, a, as the giant monkey, Andrew? 12. All right. These eye beams shoot out of that snake guy's eye toward you. Oh, no. And he gets a 13. <laughs> Just manages to hit that 12. I'm going to need you to make a constitution saving throw. Oh, there it is. DC 16. DC 16? What is he hitting him with? I thought that was a DC 10. What, what did he hit him with? These would be the stun rays mm. that will stun Monkey Moyle. Did that happen in the Jungle Book? <laughs> Oh, what am I? What am I rolling again? Constitution save DC sixteen. Why? Hmm? Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Good. Okay, we're still in the game. All right. What? All right. <laughs> hey, right, what'd you get? Dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. Good job. You're able to shake off the effects of the stun ray. I'd keep still slowly proceeding around, winding your way back and forth across the warehouse. Jamie, what is Eldrin's move? Eldrin is going to think that maybe running the opposite way that the conveyor belts are going would be the best. So running as fast as he can against the conveyor belts, like it's a video game you're trying to get to the end of the... (laughs) (laughs) So what skill or what the fuck? Would it be athletics? Athletics, right? Yeah. (laughs) The conveyor belts aren't on currently, so... Oh, damn it. Oh, they're not on. You're right. (laughs) Mm. I do believe that that was mentioned. It it was. It was. Yeah, no, I forgot. Sorry. My bad. All right. Then let's say... 
I guess, can I use an insight check to see like what the best best places for cover would be? You really are just copying every single one of Andrew's moves. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like, I was like, he's going to, I was like, fingers crossed. He's going to copy me. He's going to copy me. He's going to copy me. I'm, so, I'm just going through my skills, man. I don't. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Jesus Christ. Give me the insight check. No, no. Yes. I'm going to do something else. It's fine. No, 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 no. no. Too late. Too late. Mm-mm. Nope. You've, you've committed to the insight. No. <laughs> Yeah, you are committed to this course of action, yeah. And I'm pretty sure you're committed to copying Andrew for the rest of this challenge. (laughs) (laughs) That's an 11. That's not good. Oh, yeah. No, you think Moyle, you think Moyle had a shitty idea, because the good idea would be to go the opposite direction around (laughs) all the conveyor belts. That's what I said at first! I know, I know. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Give me a dexterity saving throw as you try and weave your way through all this stuff. Hmm. Mm. Oh boy, that's not good. That's a nine. Mm. Mm. Oof. Oh, that's a plus seven on deck save. Going the opposite direction wasn't a good idea. You trip and fall and take oh, nine points of damage as you clonk mm. your face against the side of one of these conveyor belts and then a box falls down straight on top of your face again and your nose feels a little bit broken. <laughs> it's, uh, it hurts, man. It is, it is not great for Eldrin. Cool. But then you are able to scrabble your way and kind of army crawl your way to the other side of the warehouse. You're, are you are you still up? Did that, did that knock you out by any chance? No. How are you doing on hit points? I have plenty of hit points. You should pass some of those hit points this way. That feels like a lie. <laughs> All right. T-Rex fate. T-Rex fate. Being not sure exactly how to handle this uh, slightly more confined situation, he realizes that, you know, there's a whole like, quote unquote, trolley system that goes through here. So I'm going to try and find the on button or find like whatever levers or switches I can flip to like help guide me or push me through the Amazon box moving system to the other side. Fuck yes. Investigation check, my friend. So T-Rex is not in proficient investigation. So I'm just going to roll the 20 with the minus four intelligence I've got. Huh? Oh, boy. (laughs) That's right. Come on, big rolls. Ooh. Oh. oh, it's a 17. That looks good. Yeah, but it's a minus four. Plus, oh, minus the four is a 13. 13. 17 on the die, minus four, so 13. DC this round, guys, was 15. Damn it. 15? <laughs> 15. It went from 11 to 15. 10 to 15. It went from 10 to 15. 10 to 15. Uh, I didn't think it was going to go to 15 that quick. Okay. No, no. Oh, I, you were warned. If I tell you to save your powerful shit for last, you know this is escalating quickly. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be that fast. Like, Yeah, I thought, I thought we had the next one for 15. Okay. No, no, no. So, Fate, you managed to find the button, but then spend your entire time trying to take your little tiny T-Rex Fate arms to push the button. <laughs> And then trying to push your big nose against it and bang your head up against the wall a couple of times. What is the T-Rex's armor class? Uh, It's a 13. I've got a big head and tiny arms. I'm just not sure how well this plan will start through. Does that just sound like... It's it's a quote from Meet the Robinsons with the big T-Rex who got stuck in the same room. I know what it's from. I knew where you were going. Let's see. Let's see. Sneak range, sneak attack. Uh, Ooh, fuck. You're in a lot of trouble now. (laughs) So, Fate, what is the T-Rex's armor class? I'm sorry. 13. God damn with these giant things. So that's a 23. Mm. Uh, No, I'm sorry. It's a... It's a 1. It's an 18. (laughs) You just made it a 1? No, no. It's 18... I was going to say plus five, but it's actually minus five because he's sharpshooting. So 
Todd, how many, how, what's your sneak attack? How many die is it? Oh, no. Uh, I think it's 4d6 right now. So the flamingos have an ability that lets them do a ranged sniper sneak attack. And sharpshoot? Yeah. So it's one on the d12 initial damage as you hear this loud crack and the world goes into slow motion as this bullet spirals through that upper window and goes zipping down towards T-Rex fate. It gets a one on the d12, but then gets 13 on the sneak attack damage, so 14 damage total, plus another... 10, so 24 points of damage fate to the T-Rex. I'm going to need a con save of 12. Mm, that's a nine total. Oh, <laughs> there is a... <laughs> as fate shrinks down back into regular fate. But hey, on the good news, you push the button. The factory spins to life. The conveyor belts go whirring down. You're able to hop up on one and ride side saddle to the other side of the warehouse. <laughs> Maybe ride side saddle. Haba, <laughs> <laughs> what's your move? You and Zuide are, let's do this. You guys are going at the same time. Like it's that immediate old school competition kicks in and there's that glance between you two. Like, are we racing? Yeah, we're fucking racing. So you guys are going to try and make your way over to the other side. So you're both going to do whatever your move is to get from one side of the warehouse to the other. Any skill works or any class ability works, but it will require a roll. And whoever gets the highest on the roll is going to get there first. Baba is running straight through and making like cat shaped imprints on anything he runs through. He's just running straight through everything. So what's the skill you're using? That would be athletics, strength athletics. I'm flexing the last bit of my rage because <laughs> it's going to run out after this. Sweet day, what are you? What's the, what's, what's, the dis, what's the distance to the other side? Narratively enough to take the entire round. So just tell me what you're thinking about doing. Like, like- <laughs> Sweet day was going to duck beneath the conveyor belts to use them for cover and then use his telekinetic movement to propel them to the other side. All right, so I would say let's do uh, athletics check, but yours will be an advantage since you're using your Tuckanex to give you a little bit of a push-off speed boost. So Okay, now, since like those psionic class features kind of use uh, intelligence, could I could I use intelligence? Yeah, yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, use your int bonus on this then. Okay. Yeah, treat yourself as proficient and give yourself as the, the intelligence bonus. Copy that. So Baba's just running straight through. Zuide is striking a runner's pose and using, collecting himself and rocketing forward. Like, like it's like Sam is charging up a speed dash. There's like little echoing images of Zuide as he scrambles underneath. And then Baba tries to just bash his way through. What's the rolls? I rolled an advantage. I rolled a 23 and a 20. Okay. It's pretty high. I rolled a... You rolled an 8 and a 14. So taking the 14 plus my intelligence... Plus the infris- infri- uh, proficiency bonus adds a 23. Oh, you guys tie. That is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the competition. <laughs> that, I could not be happier with those results. Uh, so Baba, brute force, just uh, crashes through like a linebacker, charging through the fucking Giants offensive line, <laughs> crashing through, <laughs> reaches the other side of the door. With the triumphant feeling of Danny Dimes being sacked, <laughs> Zuide, you crouch down, strike the runner's pose. There is this, you start to grow, glow that light purplish pink that everybody associates with psionics for some fucking reason. Uh, and then you lurch forward, but instead of rising up like on, in a full runner's uh, sprint, you are scrambling across on all fours, like so fast that this psychic image trailing behind you like a comet's tail as you trail through and you skid to a halt. 
and you and Baba reach the opposite side of the warehouse at exactly the same time and stare each other in the eye. I give Baba a smirk. Mm. Same old Baba. Did uh did Dwee have psychic powers before? Give me a history check. <laughs> Five. <laughs> um, you know. Baba, in the last couple of years before leaving the village, wasn't the most communicative friend, probably? Heavy into the peyote. (laughs) (laughs) You certainly don't remember Zwede having these kind of abilities, but it may have something to do with his prosthetics. But honestly, Baba, you feel a little bit of shame for a moment because maybe he was able to do this all along and you just never noticed the potential and didn't, you know, encourage him to go get with the, the mystics. What? Baba not talking to people around him and not knowing anything about him. That's weird. <laughs> So out of care. I I see you've uh, learned to rely on some tools to catch up to me. You have to understand, Baba. When the body is blunted, you sharpen the mind. We'll see how sharp it is. We have to get out of here first. Indeed, Baba. You guys do that thing where you both reach forward to push out the door at the same time. And end up like, oh, wait, we're going out through the same door. And so you guys push both of the double doors of this office. And everybody, everybody, real quick, give me perception checks. Jesus, 12. Jesus Christ. I have three? Well, you were in a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I didn't even have time to put the holes in it. <laughs> I, got, I got a nine on a plus seven. You were pretty focused on Zui Day the entire time. I got an eight on a plus seven. <laughs> you got a nat one. <laughs> oh, you got a nat one. Jesus. That's your second nat one. <laughs> you were very focused on the conveyor belts. Zui Day got a 17. Zui Day got a 17. Jazz, what'd you get? Fate got a 20. Fate got a 20. All right. So Zui Day and Fate uh, and Zui Day, you have spent a little bit more time in this particular area. So this isn't really surprising to you. But Jazz, you've never been in here before. <laughs> you noticed that when you you get to the other side, you turn around and look at this warehouse that you guys have not thoroughly destroyed, but you're, you're leaving it worse off than it was when you came in here. And you realize these are all Ducky's brand jerky and meat snack boxes. <gasps> it's just after row after row of boxes of different Ducky's branded meat snacks. The tracking snacks. You guys go through the double doors into another storage area. This one is considerably different. There are these cases that like there are these rectangular seven foot cases that look like a a wooden metal frame suspended around like a large bag um and they are hung in just rows after rows after rows after rows on top of each other stacked on but in this on this rotating spindle up at the top where like if you're at, like you're at a tie rack where it compresses down the ties and then you can push it and it spins around and brings forward an, uh, another one. It's, it's very much like that. It's like there's these rows of whatever these frames are held, pressed and compressed and rolled back. And they go all the way from up to the top 30 foot ceiling, just dominoed on top of each other all the way down to a good, let's uh, say four feet above the ground. Not enough to block your path, but you do have to weave your way through them. Um, and they block your vision, but you can see another set of double doors opposite the way and you're weaving around and walking your way through. Everybody give me insight checks real quick. Come on, big rolls. Hey, 22 on the insight check. 30, 20. 26. Six from Baba. Window doesn't look like he rolled well. Eight. (laughs) Todd, you've seen a lot of bodies before, and and you know what a body bag looks like, right? (laughs) You didn't didn't kill him. Uh, Let the bodies hit the floor. You know the song. (laughs) Very quickly, you realize this is just stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of corpses. 
neatly packaged, vacuum sealed, and arrayed and layered on top of each other. No. Moyle, you recognize runes of preservation etched into the frames containing the bags. Um, and you guys are bobbing your way through just these, these tons of vacuum sealed corpses that are being preserved. And Todd, your mind flickers back a little bit to the bathroom at the Todd Rock Hotel and Cafe <laughs> or the Pentagoons Cafe and the, the waste disposal war forged. Oh, no. <laughs> that kind of Rolodex starts flipping in your mind. And you remember the conversation about people who got too in debt to the Mercantile Guild being put into war forged bodies and then having to work off their debt as war forged. This appears to be one of the storage facilities for these people's, the debt indentured servitude employees that are shunted into those Warforged bodies. They're, this is where they, they seem to be keeping those corpses. Man, I thought they were the jerky. I, I'm sorry. <gasps> wow. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's better or not, but. <laughs> I, I didn't say they weren't. <laughs> Interesting. I'm just not explicitly saying they are, <laughs> but it isn't a coincidence that those two are fucking right next to each other now, is it? <laughs> oh, Lord. Soylent green. I mean, Bobby, you want to give me another insight check? <laughs> Did I eat the jerky? We've all eaten the jerky. Oh, you have all enjoyed Ducky's jerky at some point or another. <laughs> I, I got a 20, do I not? Crit. Anthony rolled a nat 20 on that one. <laughs> It's definitely, they're definitely the jerky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eldrin, Eldrin, what you realize, uh, so Todd recognizes that their body, Moyle recognizes that they are, uh, that the frames have preser preservation rooms on them. Uh, Eldrin, you click that they go to a certain date. Like there are, there's nobody in here that's over five years old. Mm. And that it, it appears that you know, whatever the first day of the year is, that there seems to be some kind of trailing five-year cutoff for this particular storage. And that's when Baba goes, they're the jerky. Oh, no. It's people. There's <laughs> not, not, not a bodily expiration date on these things, is there? <laughs> this is most disheartening. What, what you guys can stitch together after you make that realization, once it's clear that the particular individual isn't going to be able to work their way out of debt as planned, then their body is repurposed in the um, most capitalistic fashion possible. They are sliced up, dried out, and served to the yearning masses. I mean, look, it's good jerky. You've all enjoyed it. <laughs> You've all gone out of your way to stop and buy it before. So... It's not not a hundred percent of the jerky as people. Oh, okay. Fifty fifty blend of uh, people and like toenails and bones. Yeah, like the stuff you can't use in Warforged. You got it. Yeah, you know. I, Listen, while while we all acknowledge that the jerky is now of questionable origin, fate remembers that he's been given even more questionable jerky in not too not too distant history. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's not he's not all that bothered by it. <laughs> all right, you guys burst out the other side. So you guys take off. You're getting towards the edge of the warehouse district. It starts to transfer back into a little bit of lower lying office buildings, like mixes of different office parks, not quite the super important corporate offices, but this is still very clearly ducky controlled territory. You hear some clamor. You know that your pursuers are right behind you because they took two shots at you this last round. Todd, as you burst out the door of the body for storage facility and, and dash down an alley towards this set of offices, you can feel it on your shoulder blades. One of these flamingo snipers aiming at you and you just know you're going to have to cut through this office building. 
So in front of you are a set of double doors and two sets of windows to the left and to right of the door. There is the the sign above the office building is in a bizarre language that you've never seen before. It's this weird curling script. What are, what are you doing? What what's what's Todd's move now as he dashes into these into this office building? Oh, does he kick the doors down or does he jump through the window? Well, that that would be the question I'm asking you as the player. You see, I know I'm trying to figure that out. So there, I originally had a different plan and for a different scenario that I was hoping it was, but. Okay. Okay. Are there any people around? Are there any people around? Tell me what you're going for and let me see how I can facilitate. I was eventually going to try to disguise myself as in a blend of people thinking it was like an office building and use deception to kind of blend in with the, with the, with the, with the folk. But if it's just me. There's really not any people around, but I will let you make a disguise check. For Todd to go into corporate Todd mode, <laughs> where he like tucks his shirt in, slicks his hair back, mm-hmm. takes his fucking duster off and folds it up or like wraps it around his fucking waist, like uh, somebody going to the tennis court. If you can come up with what corporate Todd would look like, how he would use what's in his surroundings to convert himself from urban bounty hunter to corporate office Todd, I will certainly let you make the disguise roll. Okay. He takes, he turns his scarf into a nice ascot. There it is. He then takes his jacket off and kind of just like rolls it up and uses Echo. So it looks like he's got an umbrella and a briefcase because he's got his jacket tucked under there. Okay. So he's just looking like he's got a tie <laughs> with his ascot and his um, and he's walking in in his briefcase. He's turned into business tie. All right, give, me the de- give me the deception check. <laughs> All right, deception check for... Business time was a 19. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Does this sound good? I remember. That will pass. That will pass. Oh, <laughs> Business time. You get more than one check at 15 in this particular case. Yeah, the DC for this round is 15. Business Todd, the door swings open as if on a recognizing Business Todd as he moves forward and you are able to enter this hallway. Moyle. Giant ape Moyle trundles up to this office building. Uh, you can go over it. You can go through it. You can go around it. Or, uh, you can turn back into regular Moyle. What's your move? I'm, I'm so mad because I, I too want to become business, business grod. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. Business grod? Is that what you Oh, God. This kid, Jesus. Uh, I'm gonna rip. I'm gonna rip the wallpaper off the walls. <laughs> okay. Which is also turn turn the the standing lamp into cufflinks and a tie bar and a belt. Use to grab some of the jerky from before. Turn it into a, a belt. So I got the the belt buckle from the lamp. I, got, I essentially forge myself uh, a suit in mere seconds. Okay. <laughs> uh, rip, rip the leather couch, turn that into a wallet. Uh, somehow I, I steal some business cards. So now I'm... <laughs> you have business cards? I'm Peggy, the secretary, uh, but I have full gorilla boss energy. Give me the deception check. <laughs> God, I hope he doesn't. I think you're gonna fill this one off. Come on, come on. Can I use stealth? Uh, can I use? This is a deception check, man. It's a deception check, sir. <laughs> yeah. Can I use perce- perception? No, this is a deception check. There is nothing else but deception you can use for this. Yeah. That's why I specifically did that. <laughs> Let's go. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Oh. <laughs> 
No one falls for the <laughs> So here's the thing. You do a fucking excellent job constructing this costume, but you are still a giant fucking ape. <laughs> they don't know giant ape works yet. Not a regular size ape. There's not enough wallpaper. A giant ape. So you go to crunch your way into the building and are just wet, trying to wedge your way through the door and just are, are not able to make your way in. And you guys see one of the kind of big honking armadillo guys come around the corner and, and see Moyle halfway into the building like Winnie the Pooh after fucking, uh, you know, eating too much honey and getting stuck in rabbit's den and kind of wedged himself in there. <laughs> and you hear this, this tink, 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 as these metal nodules drop off the back of his shell and start rolling towards Moyle. And they spring into being these little guys and they leap towards Moyle to try and latch onto his legs and weight him down. Moyle, give me a dexterity saving throw, unfortunately at disadvantage since you're wedged into the door. Wait, Dex. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yep, yep, he did I, it. I think the 16 would have saved you, but that, it would have. A disadvantage. <laughs> That's okay, it's not a con save. So you take damage. They grab onto you and then latch around your legs and then they explode. That sounds like a lot of a lot of D's for damage. <laughs> oh, come on. That's a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. All them D's you about to be taking. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. with, his, with his butt stuck in the air trying to get through the door? <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> Too many D's. Too many D's. Leg damage. <laughs> 5D10. They grasp onto your legs and explode. They'll pop, 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 pop. Give me a constitution saving throw, DC 12. Oh, that's the wrong button. Sorry. Nope, that still counts. You got a three on the die, plus four on con. Oh, no. Your ape form gets its... uh, its toes blown off, and then you shrink back oh. into regular moil. Oh. The good news is you're able to make your way through the door now and catch up with Todd. Eldrin, what's your move? So I'm going to run to the door, and then can I do a survival check to see the path that has the least amount of foot traffic going in it so I know like where not to run to run into people? Into the building? Yeah. Yeah. Give me the survival check. Oh, Jesus Christ. Thirteen. Mm, mm. There is a little hallway that has a door that says HR. Oh, no. On the outside, uh, and Aldrin seems to think that would be a, a good way to go. Oh, no. <laughs> Home run. <laughs> uh, we'll deal with the consequences for that to Aldrin in a second, <laughs> because it's not going to be good, as he breaks off from the pack and heads to HR. Fate, what's Fate's move? <laughs> so, n- now that um, I'm able to... Uh, work my way past Moyle's fat ass blocking the door. Oh, that's hurtful. <laughs> I mean, if you were a giant ape. Uh, whatever. Uh, Moyle's ass was out of the way. So uh, I'm going to run aside and take a quick cue from him destroying the building to try and pretend like he could hide and Todd actually doing it. But <laughs> I'm going to get a little uh, tricky with mine. So everybody's looking for fate along with his crew and also fate knowing himself and the urge he feels every time he finds himself in danger. I'm going to shuffle my backpack around, grab a quill, and try and stab myself in like the thigh to try and trigger force fit chance out. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, wow. Uh, normally, it's a con save, right, for chance to come out when, you're, when you take a lot of damage or are under a phenomenal amount of stress. Mm-hmm. Fate has had to do a lot of cardio. And he's already almost dead. 
Tell me what skill you're using to convince yourself that you should be this afraid. Give me a skill to tie it to. Ooh, okay. Um, I am thinking so hard about the situation that I'm in, like running the mental calculations of like, okay, there's an army after us that's being, or not, maybe not an army, but there's a large force after us. I've just gotten into combat with this mecha monster. I've fallen out of a skyscraper. I'm still tied to a bunch of bozos that don't necessarily like me. My fate (laughs) is in their hands. Um, And nothing about this seems to point towards me surviving. And unfortunately and unfortunately, I seem to have found a weird survival instinct deep inside that I'm trying to now intimidate out. Okay, so you're trying to intimidate. Intimidate yourself? Yes. (laughs) I'm here for it. Roll the check. He's just going in the mirror to himself. You're like a fainting goat. You're just like... Oh, and that's when he... (laughs) 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 fate jabs himself in this leg and convinces himself it's the end of this world and chance emerges so chance you rise up you hear a thwack as a crossbow bolt shoots towards you you grasp it out of the air and toss it into the ground and strut confidently after todd and moyle God damn right I do. Baba, Eldrin, trust me, we're coming back to how fucked you are in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Baba and Zwide, you guys are walking through the thing where you guys both go to walk through the same door together. This one's not a double door. It's a single door. What's your move to get into the building and and kind of uh, escape notice? Baba's looking to the shadows. He's going to try and run through the shadows in a manner in which he does not get noticed or shot at using stealth. You're going to try and blend into the background of the office, moving your way through the cubicles, crouching down, avoiding the birthday cake in the break room. Give me the stealth roll. Crit. 27. Jesus. Baba, it turns out the cubicles are the exact same color as Baba's fur <laughs> in this office, and he blends in like he's camouflaged. Zwide, what's your move? As you see Baba slink in and kind of start moving his way, oppressing himself, ninja rolling in between the cubicles. So the Serpentine Warforged are already in here, right? Yeah, so the Serpentine Warforged are on the roof of the building behind you guys. Okay. The uh, Flamingo Warforged are, are kind of catty-cornered to them on a higher roof to get a sniper position. The Armadillo Warforged are moving up through the street, and you're not really sure where the Feline Warforged might be. Eldrin, coming back to you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you said that there's not, there's not many, if any, people in this building looking, looking through it. Not the area that you're at. Once you guys are all in, you'll move through some office building and we'll deal exactly what the uh, makeup of the Duckies Mercantile Guild marketing offices look like. Um, but for right now, the ent- it's like you guys are walking in you know, you know, like office buildings where they have like a, a main office. I think Thunder Mythic, okay. right? Where they, you, you would walk in through kind of the vestibule area, walk past a secretary desk. Then there's the manager's office and there's kind of that, the main office block where everybody's at. You guys are working. You guys are getting your way into that vestibule, and then working your way into that cubicle area. Got it. Okay. Zwide is going to slide his cloak aside with his uh, his prosthetic hand, and it's going to push the circular emblem uh, that's on his that's on his armor and surround himself in a a dampening a dampening field. AKA I cast sanctuary myself and I, as a bonus action. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. And then he'll try to, 
He actually try to stealth through. Actually, you know what? No, no, he won't. Well, what, what I would think in this particular case, like with Sanctuary in this particular case, I would say it would act as kind of like a somebody else's problem field <laughs> from the Hitchhiker's Guide is as you activate that Sanctuary, like everybody, like, hey, walk into a building with a ladder. Yeah, I'm supposed to be there. Zwide just walks in with a level of confidence that everybody's eyes just kind of slide off of him and you're able to strut right right in, basically. That's that's actually what I was just about to say. I was going to say, I don't stealth. I just, I just strut straight through. Just- yeah. It's working. Just roll in. <laughs> All right. So you guys move into the main cubicle office area. Eldrin, you open up the door to HR, and there is a uh, rather frumpled, unhappy-looking mind flayer <clears throat> talking to uh, one of the cat-like Warforged. The cat-like Warforged looks at you, spins around, and lashes out at you. Uh, give me a dexterity saving throw. I do not consent to this. Uh <laughs> Can I file a complaint? That's not good. Mm. Mm, that's the worst thing you can do, Jamie. You can't roll worse than that. They don't have a zero on the die. You have an X card available. Ooh. <laughs> 16 points of slashing damage as mm. this thing rockets forward and his claws dig into your side. You are able to leap backwards and slam the door to HR and dash into the main office as everybody else. But your armor has got these puncture wounds where the four claws from this thing jabbed into each side of you and like a little, little trickle of Eldrin blood are kind of seeping out through the denim onto the ground behind you. <laughs> cool. So you guys all burst into the main office building and there is a row of about 15 different cubicles that lead to uh, another set of doors that exit out to another alley. These are the typical, uh, you could walk up to them and they can probably come up to chest high to a normal person. Maybe a little bit higher with Todd. <laughs> and as you guys burst, kind of all trundle in together in this ruckus, four mind flayers pop up from their desks and look over at you. Mm-hmm. And that's when you realize, oh shit, this is absolutely the marketing department for duckies. You've stumbled yourself into the worst possible location that you could. You hear the mind flayers go. <laughs> you guys glance around and on one sign there's, you know, that like an inspirational poster, uh, but instead of freedom, it's subjugate. And it's like, it's this weird twisted landscape uh, with these people trundling in line to a counter. <laughs> there is the picture of like a little squid hanging from a cord that says, hang in there, baby. <clears throat> you don't know how you didn't recognize this was the marketing department right from the very beginning. You guys are dashing to the other side of the office as they unleash uh, psionic blasts at each of you. Everybody give me intelligence saving throws. This is not good for me. Jesus Christ. They just blast out these psionic lances at the other guys. Oh, boy. (laughs) You can't just keep doing intelligence saves anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm about to die, so. So, Moyle gets a four. Harlan gets an eight. I'm going to use my inspiration. Okay. (laughs) Eldrin gets a nine. Uh, Anthony gets a two. Jazz gets a seven. No, no, I'm re-rolling. Jesus Christ. Jazz, Jazz suddenly misses his feet. (laughs) 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 That was the worst time to turn into the monk. I get a 12. Oh my God. I thought my eight was the worst and y'all proved that it wasn't the worst. All right, so you guys all fail, and unfortunately, the curse of casual consumption settles into you. So you don't take any damage, is the good news. However, you will be unable to pass a stall containing Ducky's merchandise without stopping and at least one of you buying an item, which means this last round of checks 
Oh, no. Disadvantage for everybody who failed that saving throw. Are you serious? Oh, it's everybody failed that saving throw. <laughs> oh, God, that is no good. I can't do that. I can't. I can't. <laughs> 